I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. everybody and welcome back to Vicky Patterson The Secret 2. I'm joined by the hilarious Catherine Ryan who has been very funny as expected but very honest. I can't believe I got the fucking, I've got so many exclusives. Do you know what you're doing here? Like I'm not Piers Morgan, like I'm, I'm Vicky Patterson, my podcast is small. Yeah but I wouldn't tell Piers Morgan my secret. <gasps> He's a tricky one because I, you never know. You know sometimes I, I agree with him and then sometimes I don't and what I worry about is a turncoat. You know, I don't mm. want someone who's just saying what's cool. I like people who have an authentic position. And sometimes I worry, like, are you just trying to wind us up? Or have you actually got an authentic position? And uh, I don't know. But you, authentic. Oh, you know where I'm coming from, mate. It's yeah. steadfast. You can always count on me. There's going to be yeah. jokes <laughs> about fingering. You know who I am. Oh, fingering. <laughs> That's a thing of the past. I wonder if lockdown has brought back any fingering to like British households. I reckon it's brought back a lot of stuff that we rendered obsolete before lockdown. Like Urkans just yeah. grabbed a hold of us there. Like, and he was like chatting. He says, how's it going? I says, oh yeah, it's going well. She's fucking hilarious. It's going great. He was like, okay, afterwards, can we have sex? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I suppose he's like, will you get on? T-? He went, will you get on top? And I was like, no, man. Like, I don't care if it's no. lockdown. I don't care if we've been going through this for a year. Like, I'm still, I'm not going to, a dog, a leopard doesn't change its spots. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm not getting on the top. Fuck off. Well, the most disturbing thing is that he's become aroused in the noodles aisle. <laughs> we know oh, he's out shopping for noodles. What does that say about his sexual preference? I'm very concerned now, Catherine. You give me a lot to think about. He's seen some enticing penne and he's thinking... <laughs> I'm going to call Vicky and see what I can get. So if sex is on the cards tonight, you noodle-loving fuck. Damn it. Yeah. Well, mate, it's so weird that we actually should bring up fingering because I've got a question to ask you. You have not been quiet during lockdown. You have used last year to be incredibly productive. I've seen you are going to be on the new series of Celebrity Vehicles. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was very surreal being inside the tent. And of course, Stand Up to Cancer is such a wonderful organization who do incredible things. So I want to do anything that they do. Mm-hmm. And then Bake Off is just iconic. It's one of the shows that I watch with my daughter. It's one of those shows that transcends every household and you yeah. can watch it and feel calm and glad and sometimes stressed when the baker that you love goes home or has a soggy bottom. <laughs> but I'm not a huge baker. I mean, my mother and I have this ethos that if you can read, you can cook. 
So I don't give a lot of respect to chefs or bakers very often. I always dismiss them. I go, well, if you can read, you can cook. Like, who cares? That's not actually true because I swear I was reading. Food drop. And at times I was not cooking. And it's a lot harder than it looks. Um, I had some disasters. I had some things that I was medium proud of. Uh-huh. But, I mean, you'll have to wait and see. Uh, oh. I had some wet-ass pastry, let's put it that way. Did you? I get stressed doing a Sunday dinner. Catherine, I honestly do. Like, getting, making sure your veg is ready at the same time as, like, your meat and all yeah. that. Like, I lose my head. So, on something like that, yeah, I'd be running around like a headless chicken. Yeah, I didn't do as well as I thought. <laughs> but I loved getting to know the other bakers. I'd been huge fans of, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time with Stacey Dooley or jade from little mix i know their work but uh we don't cross paths that often so it was a real laugh for a good cause i've seen that um women all of you collectively on a post on fabulous's instagram and i thought that is a fucking strong female lineup like i'm absolutely buzzing to watch it it's gonna be good it was so fun but then they tried to like you know they do interviews and they want to engineer some drama and they were like how do you feel well, you know, in a fun way, they go, how do you feel about so-and-so's bake? What makes you feel like you should win? And I'm never one to be about winning. You know, yeah. I'm just really too chill. So I had to bring it out of somewhere and be like, well, uh, I really want to win. It would mean so much. I don't know. It's- <laughs> like, who listens to Little Mix anyway? I, uh, I never... What? Like, what do you say? I can't believe, like, behind the scenes, he has me thinking it's a family-friendly, wonderful TV show where everybody's just, like, singing show tunes and having a nice time. But deep down, they're trying to engineer some, like, America's Next Top Model-style drama between the bakers. I am shocked. And I'm I'm good at actually. Damn no, it. I mean, they, you need drama for television, but also... I am not a baker. I think with the real bakers, mm. the drama and yes. the stakes are there. But with me, they could tell. I mean, they could tell this is not going to be my vocation. <laughs> so <laughs> they probably had to amp me up a bit and be like, okay, Catherine, you're not acting like someone who's competitive. Let's see it. But I tried. I did try. I always want to do my best. Give, give it give it the best. That's all you can. But I wanted to know, and this is why I got onto this, right? So Paul Hollywood is famous, among other things, for being quite a nice bit of kit for his age, I'd say. That old salt and pepper look does get me a little bit under, hot under the collar, I'm not going to lie. He's known oh, yeah. for dishing out the old handshake. And it's a truly coveted seal of approval, isn't it, within the Bake Off world. But I am bored of it. Sorry. Oh. I said it. Yeah, listen, I'm not bothered. I didn't come to be average. I'm telling it like it is. I think we need to see more. I want to see the next level of Paul Hollywood approval. And I was wondering if you were going to be the woman to get the coveted Paul Hollywood fingering. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I knew you were going to say fingering. <laughs> I built it up too much. Damn it. <laughs> no, I think I just know your filthy little mind. Yeah, the Paul Hollywood fingering. That would be great on BBC at 7 p.m. What time Ooh, does it come on? Eight? Perfect time for that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's lacking. It's the only thing that's missing in that time slot. So yeah, I thought it would be a good one. If anyone's going to get it, Catherine, it's going to be you. Yeah, the BBC have said. Oh, no, it's not the BBC. I'm so sorry. Never mind. It's Channel 4 now. See, I'm living in the past. Well, yes, BBC, you're not going to see any fingering. Channel 4 is the channel for fingering. 100%. Did I get a fault? I mean, he fingered me in a certain way. He pointed at me and said, 
uh, you roasted me at a, an award show once and <laughs> I didn't appreciate that. And I said, Ooh. oh, Paul, that was all in good fun. I won't do that again. And he said, okay, good. Okay. So you already he had your card marked before you started. He has a good sense of humor. He wasn't actually upset about it, but I was, you know, I do a lot of roasting. That's the kind of comedy that I love. And I think some people could really take it because I get confused. Um, I can take it and mm-hmm. I love it. I actually feel like it's an honor and a, a language of love. Yeah. And I have to remember that not everyone takes it as a language of love. So I have to be a little bit careful. But no, he was cool. He thought it was funny. I was talking to my mom about doing this. I was like chatting to my mom about my guests that are coming up. And I was like, I've got Catherine Ryan on this week and I'm so excited and I'm so nervous. She's so funny. She's so quick. I'm going to have to be on my A game. And my mom was like, haven't you done a show together before? And wasn't she really nice? And I was like, oh yeah, I love her. Do you remember that show we did years ago? Safe word. We've done a few. So I was on the show as well where, where Eamon Holmes was the host and you and Kelly Brooks. Yes. Oh my God. And uh, it's not me. It's you. Yes. And then Safe Word is a roast show. Yes. You were brilliant at that. They were really excited to get you because you're annoying in that a lot of female comedians are replaced by actresses and reality stars. And that really devalues what we do because it'll be headliner male comedian, headliner male comedian, headliner male comedian, headliner male comedian, Mm. maybe seven of them. And then it'll be a female reality star. And it just, it kind of reinforces that it doesn't really matter if, you know, women are funny or not. We don't really count you for that. As long as you're there and you're pretty and you're laughing at the men, then that's cool. That is a position that a lot of people take. And then you come along and you're actually so, so funny, funny like a comedian. And so you give them the good value of comedy and you give them, you know, the chops of of being fast and smart on the show and you're this big star. So, I mean, you're one that we kind of can't argue when you take our spot. We're like, oh, yeah, oh. that's that's fair. Mate, that was like simultaneously the nastiest and nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I mean, it wasn't nasty. It, it is what it is. No, I loved you're it. Not I'm actually com- buzzing. Yeah, like you're not the commissioner. We, I, we don't blame you. Like when we see a reality star in something, we don't blame you. It just goes to show that, you know, the nation want to see funny men and women who are laughing at the men. And then every once in a while, you get one of those beautiful women like yourself who's really, 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 really funny. And, you know, that's not nasty. That's just what it is. Catherine, thank you so much, man. Honestly, though, I'm really, I think I can't take credit for the funny things I said on Safe Word because as I see it, remember, you gave me all of my funny lines on that one. No, you wrote lots of it. And then I slipped you a few because... It's only fun if you're saying really mean things back. No, you smashed it, mate. You gave me my final killer line and everyone's like, wicked thing, he's so funny. And I was like, now would be the perfect time to admit that this is from Catherine, but I couldn't. I was enjoying the adulation too much. Well, it's a team effort. You were so funny on it. And you know what? Not everyone can deliver comedy properly, but you certainly can. Oh, mate, I'm not going to be able to get my head up. Normally, I really compliment my guests and I suck them off so much they leave feeling like almost embarrassed. I've inflated their ego <laughs> so much. But today it's a bit of a uh, change of pace. I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting quite big-headed. I want to go way back before I, uh, I let you go and talk about how you actually got into comedy because I don't know what a traditional route into comedy is, but I don't feel as though yours quite was. Uh, oh yeah, no, it wasn't on purpose at all. I loved comedy. I valued comedy, but I didn't want to be a comedian. And I wanted actually, I would observe the world. And I was growing up at a time when Britney Spears and Jessica Simpson and Christina Aguilera and Destiny's Child were the big things. And I thought, oh, all right, the most useful way that I can exist in this world is to be sweet and to be kind and to be gentle and to be pretty. 
And so I had skin-colored hair and hair-colored skin and fake boobs pretty quickly. (laughs) And then I worked at Hooters, Mm -hmm. and I learned there to be subservient and nice and also have fun. And there was a comedy club next to the Hooters, and I would do stand-up there just for a laugh, the same way you'd go to, you know, Pilates class or something. I just did it, but I didn't want it to be a career. Mm -hmm. And then I just met more like-minded people there. I sort of found my tribe if that makes sense. And I did more comedy by accident. And then I slowly started getting paid for it. And then when I moved to the UK, I worked in an office, but I would still play with comedy. And I met Joe Lysett and Sarah Pascoe and Rob Beckett really quickly. I met all the same friends that are in the industry with me today. And then like, I, it just kind of took over my professional life. So I never meant for it to happen until it had already happened. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm like a full-time comedian now. So I was just really lucky. Oh, I think you're being really modest. Like luck has a certain part to do with it, mate, but you're hilarious. You were worked hard at it. You certainly have never shied away from a bit of graft. So no, you've def- you definitely uh, you've earned what you've got, mate. What was it like when you were first starting out? Like part-time Hooters girl, part-time stand-up comedian. Were you, was there ever any nerves or did you just take it like a duck to water? Uh, I was a little bit nervous, but I think nervous in a good way. I always yeah. liked that type of adrenaline. I was a terrible comedian, though. I was really... <laughs> no um, oh, my gosh. So I started out okay. I think a lot of comedians have this experience where your first gig, you go just on instinct and you're pretty funny. And then you spend more time in the comedy clubs and you start to watch other comedians and you watch audiences. And at that time, it was really cool to basically shit on women and to uh, there weren't many women doing it and to be to talk about race a lot and to talk about sex a lot and I decided okay I'm gonna be really self-deprecating and talk down about myself a lot yeah and I had a boyfriend at the time who's I met at the stand-up comedy club which is never a good idea um (laughs) that's like dating a drummer or a dj (laughs) And um, he would say horrible things about me on stage about like what a whore I was or then like just things about my body. And the audience was laughing. Yeah, yeah. The audience would laugh because that was and I don't blame anyone. That was kind of the culture at the time. And so my comedy was a lot like that, too. And I've evolved and changed so much. But I didn't have the confidence to really speak in my own voice until a little while after I moved to the UK. I found that it was more progressive here. Right. So it, t- it takes a long time to find your voice and to have the confidence to to be yourself on stage. And to, you know, now that's why my comedy is so, like, up the girls, because mm-hmm. I spent so long being like, eh, 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 I don't know. And then he fucked me, and I don't know. Like, that was not cool. <laughs> and that wasn't true. <laughs> but, like, it's like anything. I think when you're first starting out with something – it it is easy to hide behind what everyone else is doing and to follow a crowd to a certain extent because going going against the grain and standing on your own and sh- bearing your soul and being your proper authentic self that's hard and if people don't like you when you're like that that always feels worse does that yeah. make sense that is a really great observation i think you're right i think people build up walls and they go well if you don't like that that's character that's fine i'm not exactly. revealing who i am does that happen on the old school Geordie Shore. Yeah, mate. Like, I think I built up a persona when I was on Geordie Shore. Like, ultimately, there was a lot of elements in that person that I was who yeah. it, it was me. Like, I, I can't fight it. I grew up 
going to rough places and I acted quite rough. Like that was who I was to a certain extent. And I've never shied away from that. I've owned it. You know what I mean? But it was easy to become a caricature of yourself. Yeah. And be like the person that you knew everyone was expecting to see. Oh, well, Vicky's going to, Vicky's going to drop this one liner and she's probably going to call everyone cunts and she'll, and she'll kick off. And that is what people expected. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I became that. And when people didn't respond well to it on social media or whatever, whatever avenue, I could say, well, you, you don't necessarily see everything. And that yeah. that is not who I am all the time. And it felt like I was able to keep a bit of me sanity and also like protect a bit of myself. It's it's difficult now, like 10 years later, to convince everybody like, oh, I was playing a bit of a part. You know, they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> No, I think people, you guys, you you kids, really, that's mm. what you were. It got so famous so fast. And that was before people were savvy yeah. like they are now about reality TV. I think now we accept that it's um, amplified for entertainment. But at the time, I mean, it yeah. was just this smash. I guess you wouldn't have known it was going to be what it was. No, absolutely not. We were completely taken by surprise. I mean, super yeah. grateful for it, Catherine. Like, I always say yeah. that. Like, look where I am now. Look what I get to do now. I'm dead, dead happy that it worked out the way it did. But there were some moments, some hairy moments, which I probably yeah, yeah. best kept in the past. <laughs> well, and when you're like 20... That's yeah. tough to navigate. So not everyone comes out of it as well as you did. So that's great. Oh, thanks, mate. It means a lot, man. Uh, right. Listen, you worked at Hootas, right? That's got to be pervy men central. <sighs> Growing up on the comedy circuit, you've got to have had some canny, ru- rude hecklers. In the public eye now, you are dealing with trolls. All of these things have got to have accumulated over the years and you've got to have some pretty savage put downs. <laughs> Um, I don't have a bank of them. You know, Jimmy Carr has great ones that, you know, he's he's just ready. He's such a pro. He's a loaded gun, him, isn't he? I am terrified I of him. Jimmy Carr. Like, I'm not afraid no. to admit it. I'm terrified of him. Do you know, he's the nicest, most generous, most gentle man. And I really oh. think comics who are nasty on stage, they don't have anything to hide. You know, they're not mm. trying to be liked they're not like oh look at me i'm a family man those are the ones you have to watch out for oh it's mr sunshine with the 2.4 who's like at home cutting the heads off barbie dolls yeah yes (laughs) yeah but jimmy i would trust with my life i think he's the best i don't know i mean i do have put downs i just think of them in the moment i think and sometimes i don't even mind a heckle i try to make it part of the show and and hear from them it doesn't always have to be nasty i think bringing certain hecklers into the show 
can make it really spontaneous. And that's what you don't get from television. That's why it's so important to see comedy in a live comedy club because anything can happen. Oh, it's a good night out though, isn't it? Like, I know we've yeah. talked about what we're missing, but this this year in particular, like, I ha- I'm missing, like, just normal things like trips to the cinema, a night at the comedy yeah. club, like a busy bar, like all the things that I hadn't got round to missing last year because I was so much just like, I'm missing my family. We're all in this together. We're going to be okay. But this year, more... I suppose materialistic things and social stuff I've started to miss. Yeah, I can't wait for a good night out in a comedy club. I'm not a heckler. I couldn't imagine anything worse, mate. I'm just more of a laugh really loud and enjoy the show type, so you wouldn't have to worry. Yeah, no, I mean, people who heckle, I feel badly for them because they're usually part of a bachelorette party and, you know, a hen do and they don't know what's going on. So I try to treat them with uh, a little bit of pity. (laughs) Oh, bless them. Right, mate, I recently read you had been attacked by an online troll who said you'd had too much surgery and your clap back was straight fire. It was a good one. Oh, <laughs> I love telling people to suck my dick. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think it's sweet. It's like suck my dick, bitch. But I always mean it in a nice way. Not a nice way, but like a, like have a great day. Suck my dick, bitch. Because I was. I don't feel that I was attacked. Is that what they printed? They love words oh. like clap back, attack. There was some hype. There was some, definitely some hyperbolic language going on yeah. here. It's it's super amped up. But yeah, well, because of comedy, you know, because I love jokes and I don't mind if I'm the punchline. Yeah. So, peop, if you have a little bit of filler or Botox, and you are honest about it, then the narrative becomes she's had loads of plastic surgery. Of course, of course. And I don't mind that. I laugh about it. I will join in and be like, oh, yeah, you know, because of the plastic in the ocean, I can no longer be buried at sea. I love it. I don't care. <laughs> but I've actually only had my boobs done. That's it. And I would say if I had a nose job or anything else. And then I've had filler, though I haven't mm-hmm. in like a year because you can't get in. <laughs> I don't know where these people think I'm having a like nose job in a pandemic <laughs> DIY. But um yeah, these people are like, "Oh, she's had so much. You need to stop." And um yeah, like my face has changed a little bit in this lockdown. But it's funny because they'll never think you put on weight or you're not feeling well. They'll always go to plastic surgery. I'm like, that's where they go straight away. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. But I, I looked at two side by side pictures. Of you, Catherine. One from must have been from when you first started out. And there's practically zero change. So I don't know where these people are getting it from. But I think like it's rel- it's relatively obvious that anything you might have had done has been super discreet and very like very minimal. So yeah, she can suck your dick, quite frankly. Well, do you know what I've had done is 10 years of life and gravity. Um, I've also had (laughs) money. So I have a kick-ass makeup artist now and I can afford extensions and eyelashes and all these. Like, you would not believe what you can do with makeup. I was doing my own, like, you know, (laughs) drugstore eyeliner in a toilet. Of course, I hope I look different. That's it. Like, I remember putting up one of these, you know, the 10-year challenge things when everyone got mad on them and I jumped on the bandwagon unashamedly and I walloped one up and it was like from a first ever press conference from Jodie Shaw and then it was like an award ceremony like NTAs last year or something yeah. and I was like fucking 10 year challenge like and I owned it as well I was like what a glow up you know what I mean and like you say like in the in the in 10 years ago I was on like 
maybe I think I was on uh, like L'Oreal tan like I yeah. probably put three applications on I'd curled me hair with my own angel wand hair curler like it was it, it was just what it was it was 10 years ago I was yeah. in my early 20s now like cut to 10 years later I've had a professional spray tan I've had a hairstylist a makeup artist yeah. I'm in a like designer gown and the comments what you can do with surgery oh yeah. wouldn't it be nice to have all of those doctors and I just thought like lasses man should we not be like bigging each other up here supporting each other like repping the female brand instead of being like straight to criticize i know but you know at the end of the day you don't owe anyone an explanation for what you look like certainly not but you and I specifically are very transparent people who would, you know, like your most of your following, I assume, is women and same oh, with yeah. mine. Like I would tell you, and why? Because I wish Kim Kardashian would tell me. Yeah, oh, and I wish. I wish I knew yeah. where she went. Do you? Well, I know she has. Dr. Jason Diamond is the family. Um, D- is he the butt guy? Dermatologist, oh, okay. anyway. So okay. he's doing a lot of the peels and the lasers and things. They also go to Simon Orion. And those, you know, Jason Diamond is a surgeon. He does facelifts and things yeah. as well. But I don't think he does any surgery on them. I think they're offering these two guys as like smoke screens to be like, here's who I go to. Yeah. You can get a lovely, gentle vampire facial with them. But there's someone with the fat gun in the back. <laughs> and that's the person whose name I need. Because yeah. the fella behind the scenes pulling the strings yeah. and injecting the fat. That is that is the big secret, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, they're keeping him close to their chest, aren't they? Yeah. It's not a criticism. It's not like she's had it's like, don't treat me like an idiot. There's a point where we have to be honest and share the wealth. Because what happens is if if people do choose to participate in this trend of changing your bodies, which is a really contentious issue, and I'm not saying anyone should. But there's a danger that if you don't know who to go to, then you put yourself in harm's way and you fly to somewhere, you know, to oh, meet yeah. someone who doesn't have a license. And that's what I don't want for people. Yeah. I feel like the Kardashians, it's about time that they just accepted the social responsibility that they have on social media, on like wherever, and use their platform for something really good, which is, listen, like, I didn't look like this when I was born. I have had some small <laughs> adjustments. These are the people I go to. They're expensive. They're reputable. But if you want to look like me, it isn't from a skinny shake it isn't from squats it is this fucking fella and i agree it's about the jig is up mate nobody looks like that naturally it's bullshit yeah thank you and you know that is the insult to injury to be like have this shake and shit yourself it's like wait a minute (laughs) that's not how like just i I could do without that like false advice my favorite was (sighs) kylie man when she was evidently super young and had grown up in this environment where little tweaks to your appearance were just the norm so she'd probably got into it a lot sooner than most normal people would and when she was being asked about her lips in interviews it was all and i just used these amazing lip kits and i thought Kylie, come on. Like we have, we have pictures of you from five years ago. I just, I don't care whatever anybody does, like each to their own. We've all got to make our own decisions, but I just want some honesty. I'm with you. I'm with you. Catherine, it is nearly time for us to say goodbye. But before I let you go, here at Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2, we always ask our lovely guests to give our wonderful listeners a couple pearls of wisdom before they go. Their secret to something, in essence. So listening to your life story, to your 
attitude to everything. It is so obvious that you are a powerhouse of a woman. And I want to know what your secret to being independent, to being strong, basically your secret to sticking it to the man is. Stick it to the man. I love that. Well, I think that whatever your industry is, it doesn't have to be entertainment like us. You will have the most success when you are authentic. Mm. I think authenticity is such a gift and you live your life without regrets when you know that you're doing your best and living in a way that is true to what you believe in and what you deserve. And you have to honor your ancestors. I think our female ancestors, yes, they were white, but... (laughs) They had a tough time and they weren't allowed to enjoy many of the freedoms that we enjoy today. So you should embrace and exploit those freedoms and never rely on anyone else to give you the life that you deserve because it can only come from within. Oh, mate, put that on a fucking mug or a t-shirt. It would be a big mug. Yeah, (laughs) a big mug. But yeah, like earn your own money, get your own orgasms. Like, burn your bra and be the best bitch you can be. I love it. Thank you. Wow. I think that you you emulate that. And I put on my Twitter bio, it's my favorite quote, and it's from Gandhi, but I only learned about it when Matthew McConaughey said it, <laughs> is that, <laughs> so I misappropriated the, the quote to Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, my life is my message. And I don't like to preach too much. I think I live my life in a way that I assume will be looked back upon as a catalog one day. And that will be my message. I think you do the very same. Yeah. Oh, thanks, mate. Like, just, I just love everything about you. I was so nervous to have you on today. I can admit that now we're done. No, you weren't. I was because you're just, honestly, funny and clever and just really kind and all those things together they just leave me feeling slightly inadequate so thank you for being gracious and great and all of the things I knew you would be be one of my favourite guests so far really appreciate it shut up thanks for having me on suck me dick suck my dick Vicky okay bitch have a great day what a fucking woman like honestly I can't tell you as enough how I am always so grateful for the amazing people who come on the podcast they give up their time they give up pearls of wisdom anecdotes they give us like a little glimpse into their life which I just think is a super brave thing to do but in particular today I was so nervous so nervous I don't know if you could tell Catherine Ryan might I probably should have told her this she might hear this she's pretty much my hero I think she's intelligent I think she's hilarious I think she's strong and all of these things I super admire so I could just feel myself being so tongue-tied so I am simultaneously really pleased that's over and also just had so much fun doing it do you think I embarrassed myself I hope I didn't like even a secret at the end like how profound was that like sticking it to the man it's not about saying a big fuck you to fellas it goes way deeper than that it's about embracing who we are as women and owning our journeys and doing the things that probably weren't available to our mothers to do or our grandmothers you know what I mean it's about traveling because you want to seeing the world it's about having children later because that is available to us it's about marrying someone completely for love and not just because you met them when you're in high school it is it's being you and doing it unapologetically oh god i couldn't love her anymore if i tried i really hope she doesn't listen to this because it's starting to become a little bit obsequious (laughs) 
I'm sure you all feel the same after listening to that. If you are enjoying Vicky Patterson and the Secret too, then please leave a review. Tell your mates about it. Probably tell your female friends about it. I'm starting to think there's a bit of a theme here. There's just one fella on his own who listens to this podcast who's starting to feel very lonely. I'm so sorry if you are if you are listening to this, mate. I promise we'll do we'll do something more masculine next week. <laughs> if you have any notes, please send them in to me. It's Vicky Patterson Podcast at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you guys. 